The reading, that's better. The reading is taken from Romans 8, verses 1 to 17. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit, who gives life, has set you free from the law of sin and death. For what the law was powerless to do, because it was weakened by the flesh, God did by sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering. And so he condemned sin in, in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fully met in us, who do not live according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires, but those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but are in the realm of the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God lives in you. And if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, then even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the Spirit gives life because of righteousness. And if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his Spirit who lives in you. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation, but it is not to the flesh to live according to it. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings, in order that we may also share in his glory. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen. Over the past few weeks, as Brian mentioned, we've been looking at the Apostles' Creed, which is a, a, an ancient statement of the Christian faith. Christians believe in a Trinitarian God, God the Father, God the Son, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. And this week we're looking at the Holy Spirit, which is a real treat. 
The word that's used in the New Testament for Holy Spirit is paraclete. And this word means comforter, counsellor, helper, advocate, strengthener, supporter. And the Holy Spirit is all of these things. Jim Packer wrote this in his book, Keeping in Step with the Spirit. The Christian life in all its aspects, intellectual and ethical, devotional and relational, upsurging in worship and outgoing in witness, is supernatural. Only the Spirit can initiate it and sustain it. In other words, it's completely impossible to live a life following Jesus without the Holy Spirit. So we're going to briefly look at the activity of the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament. Then we're going to see how powerfully the Holy Spirit's at work in the New Testament. And then focus in on what does that mean for our lives as followers of Jesus today. The Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit was there right at the beginning of the creation of the earth with God the Father and with Jesus. The first few verses of Genesis, actually verses 1 and 2, speak of the Holy Spirit hovering over the waters. And God says that his creation is good. And he calls us, he calls humanity to care for it, to look after it. And that's especially important for us to remember as we're focusing as a world, really, at the moment, on how human activities have harmed our creation. But in order to really understand the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives, it's important to grasp hold of God's deep desire to be close to us, to be present with us. In the early chapters of the Bible, we read of Adam and Eve walking in the garden with God. And that's a picture for us of a close relationship with God. God was with them, talking to them, listening to them. But tragically, we know that Adam and Eve chose to turn their backs on God. They chose to turn their backs on that close relationship and live independently from God. And that has created this barrier of sin and selfishness and independence of God that is a barrier between all of humanity and God. And the whole of the rest of the Bible is a love story. It's a love story where God is reaching out to people to restore that relationship of love, to restore that close relationship where he could be present with his people. And we see God's desire for that close relationship in his call of the people of Israel and how he told them to build first a tabernacle, then a temple, so that he could be in the middle of his people and they could come there to know his presence and to worship him. And at that time, the Holy Spirit only anointed some people with the presence of God. So kings like King David were anointed for leadership. Kings like Solomon were anointed with wisdom. People like um, 
Samson were anointed with strength, energy to fight in God's battles. And over the years, God anointed prophets with the Holy Spirit, and they would hear God speak to them and then communicate that message, that word, to God's people. And, and lots of those words, those writings, have been gathered up and form part of our Old Testament. And one of those prophets, called Joel, gave this prophecy, that God said, One day I will pour out my Spirit on all people, your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. And this was so exciting, but for hundreds of years, nothing happened. And then about 400 years later, Jesus was born. And Jesus was filled with the Holy Spirit at his baptism and, and his whole ministry was done in the power of the Holy Spirit and Jesus said in John 7, John 7 that everybody who came to Jesus everybody who put their faith in Jesus would receive the gift of the Holy Spirit and Acts 2 tells us that that, that promise was fulfilled at Pentecost when the Holy Spirit came and filled all the disciples. God's presence came and filled the disciples. And Peter got up and he explained what was happening. And he said that that prophecy of Joel was being fulfilled before their very eyes. He said in Acts 2:38, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is given to everybody who puts their trust in Jesus. And it's the fulfillment of God's longing to be close to us, to be intimately present in our lives. I come from a non-Christian family, and in my childhood, I knew there was a God who created the earth. And I knew some of the Bible stories from going to school but I knew nothing about what Jesus did on the cross. And I knew nothing about the Holy Spirit. And through my teens and into my early, early 20s, I, I just felt there must be more to life than this. There must be more. And so I began to look into other faiths, particularly Buddhism. But for some reason, I now know, I know it was God at work in me, but I, I, I knew I couldn't turn my back on Jesus. And then we, um, we lived outside London, we moved into London, and at my daughter's new school, I met another mom, and she invited us to go along to her church, and we went, and then somebody invited me to do an Alpha course. And I went on it, because I knew I didn't know how to pray, and I knew that I didn't know how to read the Bible. What I found completely amazing on the course was the teaching about the Holy Spirit, that God wanted to come and make his home in me. And looking back, I now realize that God was at work in my heart, making me sorry for all the things I'd done wrong. And I prayed a simple prayer, as many of you will have prayed, thanking Jesus for dying on the cross for me, saying sorry 
for all the things that I knew that I'd done wrong and asking for the gift of the Holy Spirit. And what happened then was quite extraordinary because over the, the days and weeks and months to come, gradually, 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 I was filled more and more and more with the Holy Spirit. And the, the Bible was on fire. You know, I felt God speak to me through it so clearly. I, it was so much so that I couldn't put it down. And it was really difficult because I was meant to be studying and I really needed to get on with my studies. That All I wanted to do was read my Bible. And the presence of God was so powerful, especially when I prayed. And God began to show me something of his heart for other people. I had a complete passion about telling people about Jesus. And he showed me, yes, broke my heart in many ways. I can remember being on Victoria Station once, at that time. And I was going to get a train and to see a friend. And looking, I looked at all these thousands, well, it seemed like thousands of people on Victoria Station. And I just knew God's heart that everybody there would come to know Jesus. And the tears were streaming down my face. I felt very silly. Everybody who puts their trust in Jesus is given the gift of the Holy Spirit. But what does that mean for us in our day-to-day -day lives? I want to focus in on three things. The Holy Spirit ministers deep into our hearts the, the love and reality of Jesus' death on the cross for us. Jesus took the penalty for our sin and our selfishness to destroy the barrier between us and God. Our sins are forgiven because of Jesus, and we can become so close to God. The relationship was fully restored. And, and Paul writes this at the beginning of our reading in Romans 8.1. There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. God is so close to us. We're totally forgiven and loved. But so many Christians live under... Well, they, they know this truth that God loves them in their heads, but it hasn't got into their hearts. And lots of Christians live under a sort of deep, gloomy cloud of guilt. They know the theory, but they're not experiencing that love, that, that forgiveness in their lives. Because they're not perfect. God knows us completely. He knows us through and through. And he loves us with all our imperfections. Completely loves us. And if you're struggling, if you know that's you, you know you're struggling with just knowing that God loves you with all the things you get wrong, then ask the Holy Spirit to minister that truth deep into your heart, to, to bring that verse alive, that there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. The second thing I want to focus in on is the Holy Spirit empowers us to live our lives following Jesus. When we become Christians, we don't suddenly become perfect. But the Holy Spirit begins bit by bit to transform us. He begins to change the way we think. So Paul writes this in Romans 8, 5. 
Those who live according to the sinful nature have their minds set on what that nature desires. But those who live according to the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. We begin more and more to share God's heart for other people and for our world. We long for more people to come to know Jesus, and we care about poverty and injustice. And as the Holy Spirit begins to change the way we think, the Holy Spirit, that, that sort of goes through into our lives. So we begin to, it begins to change the way we act, the way we live our lives. Gradually, the Spirit transforms us. So we take on more and more the character of Jesus, more of that love, that joy, that faithfulness, that kindness we see in Jesus. And the third thing I want to focus in on is the Holy Spirit speaks into our hearts and tells us we're God's beloved children. Paul writes this in Romans 8. The spirit you received does not make you slaves so that you are in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we're God's children. The Holy Spirit ministers this truth deep into our hearts, that we're God's beloved children, precious sons, precious daughters. Paul says this in Romans 5, 5. It's a verse I absolutely love. God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit, who has been given to us. And when we know, it's really important that we know this deep in our hearts, because when we know this, it makes us deeply secure. So we then can truly love and serve other people. But unfortunately, many of us don't know this, and, and fear can make us insecure. We can be fearful of what other people think of us. We can fear failure. That we can have a fear of just not being good enough. We can have a fear of death or of illness. Paul recognizes that in Romans 8 when he says, you haven't been made slaves to fear. All of us can pray and ask God to, for the Holy Spirit to minister that truth that we are God's children, deeply loved, and there is no place for that spirit of fear in our life, lives, which makes us so insecure. I'm not a father, <laughs> but I am a mother, a parent. And I love to spend time with my children who, who are grown up now. I love to spend time with them. I, we love to do things together. I love to hear about what's going on in their lives. And, um, and they're kind enough to listen about what's going on in my life. And the Holy Spirit helps us in our relationship with God. He helps us pour out our hearts to God, to be real with God. We don't have to pretend with God. He knows us completely, but he loves it when we pour out our hearts to God. And the Holy Spirit helps us to listen to what God's saying to us. He does that through his word in the Bible. He brings the words in the Bible to life for us, but he speaks to us in so many different ways. The Holy Spirit is with us, he's in us, and he's for us. 
There's so much that we could look at this morning, not least the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We haven't got time to look at everything. But I just want to end with Paul's words in 2 Corinthians 3.18. Paul writes this, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. In our culture, freedom is seen as the ability to do whatever we like, to put what we want at the center of our worlds. For Paul, that isn't freedom, that's slavery to sin and selfishness. It might seem attractive to begin with, but actually it's deeply unsatisfying. And Paul is saying that when somebody puts their their trust in Jesus and they're filled with the Holy Spirit, we're set free from this slavery to self-centeredness. And we're set free into, we're not, then we're not just adrift, we're set free into a relationship with Jesus where we receive the gift of the Spirit. And then we can experience God's love for us and we can share that love with other people and with our world. When we become Christians, we receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. But, but Paul says in Ephesians 5.18, we need to keep on being filled with the Spirit. It's not a one-off thing. We need to keep on being filled with the Spirit. How do we do that? Jesus says we ask. Simple as that, we ask. Jesus says in Luke 11.13, If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? God's desire is to be close to us, to tell us how much he loves us and and share his wonderful plans for us. And we're not just going to talk about it this morning. We're going to pray and ask the Holy Spirit to come and come and fill each one of us afresh. If you're watching at home, you are included. The Holy Spirit is not confined to the building of Christ Church. The Holy Spirit can be with you wherever you are. Um, yeah, let's pray. Would you, would you like to stand? You, if you can, if, you, if you're not able to stand, then please stay sitting. And um, I'm going to pray for the Holy Spirit and just come and minister to, to our hearts. And um, you might want to, you absolutely don't have to, but you might want to hold out your hands as a sign to God that you want to receive afresh the gift of the Spirit. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the gift of the Holy Spirit. And Lord, we pray, come Holy Spirit. Lord, thank you that you love every single person in this building. And Lord, we pray that you might reassure us that our Father God loves us that Jesus is for us. Thank you that there is no fear for those who are in Christ Jesus. And Lord, we pray for every person who is feeling fearful that you might again reassure them 
of how special and loved they are by you. And Lord, I pray that as we go on through the service and as we leave today, that reassurance might stay with us and we might experience more and more of your love and care. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Amen.